care for workers. Some provision should be made for the care of ministers and others of God's faithful servants who, through exposure or overwork in his cause, have become ill and need rest and restoration, or who, through age or loss of health, are no longer able to bear the burden and heat of the day. Ministers are often appointed to a field of labor that they know will be detrimental to their health, but unwilling to shun trying places, they venture, hoping to be of help and blessing to the people. After a time, they find their health failing. A change of climate and of work is tried without bringing relief. And then, what are they to do? These faithful laborers, who for Christ's sake have given up worldly prospects, choosing poverty rather than pleasure or riches, who, forgetful of self, have labored earnestly to win souls to Christ, who have given liberally to advance various enterprises in the cause of God, and have then sunk down in the battle, wearied and ill, and with no means of support, must not be left to struggle on in poverty and suffering, or to feel that they are paupers. When sickness or infirmity comes upon them, let not our workers be burdened with the anxious query, What will become of my wife and little ones, now that I can no longer labor and supply their necessities? It is but just that provision be made to meet the needs of these faithful laborers and the needs of those who are dependent on them. Generous provision is made for veterans who have fought for their country. These men bear the scars and lifelong infirmities that tell of their perilous conflicts, their forced marches, their exposure to storms, their suffering in prison. All these evidences of their loyalty and self-sacrifice give them a just claim upon the nation they have helped to save, a claim that is recognized and honored. But what provision have Seventh-day Adventists made for the soldiers of Christ? Our people have not felt as they should the necessity of this matter, and has therefore been neglected. The churches have been thoughtless, and though the light of the Word of God has been shining upon their pathway, they have neglected this most sacred duty. The Lord is greatly displeased with this neglect of his faithful servants. Our people should be as willing to assist these persons when in adverse circumstances as they have been to accept their means and services when in health. God has laid upon us the obligation of giving special attention to the poor among us. But these ministers and workers are not to be ranked with the poor. They have laid up for themselves a treasure in the heavens that faileth not. They have served the conference in its necessity another conference is to serve them. When cases of this kind come before us, we are not to pass by on the other side. We are not to say, Be warmed and filled. James 2.16 And then take no active measures to supply their necessities. This has been done in the past, and thus in some cases, Seventh-day Adventists have dishonored their profession of faith and have given the world opportunity to reproach the cause of God. It is now the duty of God's people to roll back this reproach by providing the servants of God with comfortable homes, with a few acres of land on which they can raise their own produce, and feel that they are not dependent on the charities of their brethren. With what pleasure and peace would these worn laborers look to a quiet little home where their just claims to its rest would be recognized? Subheading, Our Sanitariums, a Refuge for Workers. Often these ministers need special care and treatment. Our sanitarium should be a refuge for such and for all worn workers who need rest. Rooms should be provided where they can have a change and rest without continual anxiety as to how they are to meet the expense. When the disciples were worn with labor, Christ said to them, 
Come ye yourselves apart and rest a while. Mark 6:31. He would have arrangements made whereby his servants now may have opportunity to rest and recover strength. Our sanitariums are to be open to our hard-working ministers who have done all in their power to secure funds for the erection and support of these institutions, and that any time when they are in need of the advantages here offered, they should be made to feel at home. These workers should not at any time be charged a high price for board and treatment, neither should they be regarded as beggars, or in any way made to feel as such by those whose hospitality they receive. To manifest liberality in the use of the facilities God has provided for his worn and overworked servants is genuine medical missionary work in his sight. God's work is abound to him, and when they are received, it should be remembered that Christ is received in the person of his messengers. He requires this, and is dishonored and displeased when they are treated indifferently or dealt with in a small or selfish manner. God's blessing will not attend close dealing with any of his chosen ones. Among the medical fraternity, there has not always been a keenness of perception to discern these matters. Some have not regarded them as they should. May the Lord sanctify the perception of those who have charge of our institutions, that they may know who should have true sympathy and care. That branch of the cause for which these worn old laborers have worked should show an appreciation of their labor by helping them in their time of need, thus sharing largely with the sanitarium the burden of expense. Some workers are so situated as to be able to lay by a little from their salary, and this they should do, if possible, to meet an emergency. Yet even these should be welcome as a blessing to the sanitarium. But most of our workers have many and great obligations to meet. At every turn, when means are needed, they are called upon to do something to lead out that the influence of their example may stimulate others to liberality and the cause of God be advanced. They feel such an intense desire to plant the standard in new fields that many even hire money to help in various enterprises. They have not given grudgingly and have felt that it was a privilege to work for the advancement of the truth. By thus responding to calls for means, they're often left with very little surplus. The Lord has kept an accurate account of their liberality to the cause. He knows what a good work they have done, a work of which the younger laborers have no conception. He has been cognizant of all the privation and self-denial they have endured. He has marked every circumstance of these cases. It is all written in the books. These workers are a spectacle before the world, before angels, and before men and they are an object lesson to test the sincerity of our religious principles. The Lord would have our people understand that the pioneers in this work deserve all that our institutions can do for them. God calls upon us to understand that those who have grown old in His service deserve our love, our honor, and our deepest respect. Subheading, A Workers' Fund A fund should be raised for such workers as are no longer able to labor. We cannot be clear before God unless we make every reasonable effort in this matter and that without delay. There are some among us who will not see the necessity of this move, but their opposition should have no influence with us. Those who purpose in their hearts to be right and to do right should move steadily forward for the accomplishment of a good work, a work that God requires to be done. Testimonies for the Church, Volume 7, pages 290 to 294.